I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of John, the 11th chapter, the book of John, the 11th chapter. And uh, I want to speak to you. We've been uh, on this sermon series called Reset. From the very beginning of the year, we've been talking about resetting areas of our life. Reset simply means to set again or to set differently. And I don't know about you, but I ran in, I came into this year, 2024, with some things that I wanted to reset, some different things in my life. We talked about in week one about there were some things we needed to leave it behind. The things in 23, some things can't, could not follow you into 24. And we had to leave, we had to burn some plows and leave some things from behind. In week two, we talked about removing the traces of trauma. A lot of people love Jesus, but are still dealing with a lot of traces of trauma in their life. And we really just allowed the Holy Spirit just to do some surgery on some hearts of his people. And we looked at the life of of Mephibosheth and how trauma didn't define him and how God can use even the trauma to give him glory for what he's doing in your life. And Pastor Danny last week, I mean, was powerful. What an incredible word where he spoke about redeeming the time. It was great. You need to go back. That sermon was for me. If it wasn't for anybody, it was, it was for me. It was such a great, great word. And so I'm going to continue on looking in the book of John real quick. And I want to just speak to you on something that I feel like is going to help us today. We're reading from the 11th chapter, the 11th chapter, reading in verse one, a familiar story about Lazarus. And it says this. Now, a certain man was ill. Everybody say ill. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. Somebody say ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, the Lord, he whom you love is ill. Somebody say ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said this illness, somebody say illness, does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. And it says now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. We read earlier, it says, Lord, the the one whom you love is ill. And now they're saying now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. I want to speak to you today quickly on a sermon titled Reset for the Love of Delays. For the Love of Delays. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this incredible atmosphere. Father, I'm grateful I'm grateful for your power. I'm grateful for your mercy. I thank you for vision. I thank you for this day. Now, Holy Spirit, for the next few moments, just use me, Father, just to speak a word to someone's life. I know we got a big day planned, but God, you have work to do right now. And I thank you that you're working in our hearts. Holy Spirit, you know how we do this. I can't do this without you. So help us, lead us and guide us in everything that we're doing in your your word today. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time for you to love some delays. Ooh, no one's saying that. No, you, you, you just, some of y'all still looking at me and say, I refuse to even, I, I refuse. The other day I was traveling, uh, had an appointment to get my hair did. And, and I was running a little bit late. And you know how it is in Dallas that 
even if we know where we're going, we still put in GPS. I don't know if anybody does that. We still put in GPS. And the reason why we put in GPS is because we're not really sure how we're going to get to our destination. Because with all the traffic, with all the construction, with all that's going on, we still rely on GPS to get us there. Well, I knew the way to the, to the place where I get my hair cut. I didn't need GPS. I put it in and GPS routed me in a different direction. So it took me down a road that I wasn't very familiar with it. Running a little bit late, trying to make the appointment. I'm driving. Then all of a sudden I look in the road in the distance. There's somebody standing in the middle of the road. And I'm like, and then, and then I get a little, I get a little closer and I see this little, this little flicker of a badge. And he had a little gun, not the actual gun, but a type of gun. And he was doing this to me. And he dropped it and he looked, then he got his other finger and he goes. So I never traveled this road before. And so he, he takes me on this side street and there are about seven other cars that a host of Dallas police beautiful, wonderful Dallas police officers were lining up these cars and giving them speeding tickets. And I saw the defeated look on every one of those people as I parked. They're all having this look with their head in their hands thinking, what have I done? And, and here's the thing. So he comes up to me and he goes, do you realize that you were going in a 35. I ain't going to tell you how fast I was going. I, I don't need, I don't even need that type of negativity in my life today from you. I don't need your judgment. I don't need it. So, so I was going over 35 and he goes, do you realize that you were going, going this much over 35? And, and, and I, and I said these words, I said, I did it because I'm not familiar with this road. And he was nice. And all he responded was, yep. <laughs> and he walked off. And, I, and then I started, I started using, you know, pastors do this. We go, well, God bless you, sir. Um, you know, man, I just, you know, was just headed to pray for somebody. And um, you start trying to like pastors do that. Don't let them think that you start trying to like spiritualize it, thinking that cop is going to is going to give you an opportunity to get out of it because you love Jesus. It didn't work. It didn't work. I get a ticket. So I, I and, and here's the thing I, I did. I did wrong. You know, Captain Strange, I, I don't know if you're here, Sergeant Strange, I don't know if you're here today, but I, I did wrong. I was guilty. I, Captain McCurdy, I know she's here. I did wrong. I, I know Sergeant Karen Miller, maybe watching online. I did, I did wrong. Offer Sepulveda, I did, I did wrong. It says in Romans 13, 1, it says, obey the government for God is the one who put it there. Yeah. I don't shout, don't shout. I'm not, I don't have the victory over this yet. Y'all don't shout. 
There's no government anywhere that God has not placed in power. So those who refuse to obey the law (laughs) of the land are refusing to obey and punishment will follow. And why are they making these tickets as long as those CVS receipts? What are they trying to do? You can't even walk in your house and try to sneak it past your wife. You can't. It's just, it's for the world to see. I told Holly to bring this ticket. She says, you're really going to talk about the ticket? She goes, you tell it all. You just tell everything. I have been punished. And what I realize is what was supposed to save me time actually cost me time. Trying to find shortcuts around delays only brings in life more punishment. And you'll find yourself more careless on roads that you've never traveled before. And we become so focused on the destination that we never think about the roads that are taking us there and the potential setbacks because we are traveling down unfamiliar roads to unfamiliar places. Life today is full of unknown traffic. You got traffic around you. I'm not talking about 635. I'm talking about you got the traffic in your head. You got traffic in your life. And all of that traffic potentially will will lead you to some delays. And, And even GPS can't guarantee to get you around some delays because delays will have you questioning everything about your life. It'll quest, make you question your salvation. You'll, it'll make you question whether you even know Jesus. You'll make you question whether God is mad at you about something that is under the blood that you did 23 years ago. You will have you questioning everything because you think that the delays is connected to something that you've done. And in our text this morning, we find this familiar story about the death of Lazarus. And, and John writes this gospel in such a dramatic way that if you pay attention, he pulls you into this story and sets up this dilemma right off the bat. He drives two points. He drives that Lazarus is ill. We said it three or four times in those first few verses. Lazarus is ill. And then he sets up this point. Jesus loved his family. Jesus loved the family and Lazarus was sick. That's what we wanted to get from the very few verses of that chapter is to let everybody know what this is looking like. Somebody's sick and the one is sick is loved by the man that can fix it. And Jesus responds to these clear-cut indicators that he ain't coming. Not sending a card, not making a phone call, not sending a message, I ain't coming. And it shows the human side of us that if enough love is in place, delays should never be an option. Because really, if you think about it, love and delays It has to be an oxymoron when you're in the kingdom. When I serve God, surely that delays and love can't come out of the same Jesus. 
And it throws us in this dilemma because we're trying to figure out why the God that loves me ain't responding to me. Is there anybody here today? I mean, this is maybe a sermon for me. I don't know. But but the God that loves me, why aren't you responding to me? And it just feels like sometimes God is standing in the middle of the road of our life and going. No, God, you I know I was speeding a little bit, but God, this is this is us. I've been serving you a long time. Why are you making me pull over right now? And we find ourselves so conflicted in our spirits because we can't reason out the love of God for us and the delay of God in our life. And so the sisters sent to him in verse three, says, Lord, to whom you love, the one you love is ill. The sisters said, we aren't your normal customers. We special You've been to our house. I've cooked for you. My sister's hair, Mary, still smells like the perfume of her costly alabaster box that Jesus, she opened up and she wiped her, your feet with her hair. You don't understand. We're, we're, we're VIPs in the kingdom. We are the ones that have been with you. We, you surely got to give us VIP treatment. And the one and this one that you love is sick. But let me tell you, the greatest hurt comes from the ones that love us most. Sometimes the greatest hurt can come from the ones that love us most. The ones that love us should never ignore us. And we get into this conflict with the Lord sometimes. That where we trying to figure out why these things are not lining up. Why these things aren't happening in the time because surely I'm doing something wrong. But maybe we just have not allowed ourselves to pull the love of God and the delays of God into the same conversation and realize that God is working in the delays. He's doing something even in the delays of our life. And in verse four, it says, Jesus heard it. He goes, this illness does not lead to death. It's for the glory of God. So the son of God may be glorified through it. Who is he talking to at this point? He's talking to the disciples that we find that are with him. Now understand, he doesn't, he doesn't send a message back to them. He's telling the ones that are riding along with him. He goes, y'all don't even, I, I know he's ill. I know we know Lazarus, been to the house, we, we get it. But, but I'm here to tell you, this sickness ain't gonna lead to death. But he never sends a message to the sisters. He never sends a message to Martha and Mary. And even Jesus would do that because often the time that John the Baptist was in prison and John the Baptist sends his disciples say, hey, go let, tell Jesus I'm in prison. I need to hear from him. And, and, and Jesus responds back, says, you know what? I need you to go tell John that uh, send a message to John and say, listen, the blind see, the deaf hear, all is good here in the hood. You don't have to. He said, so it wasn't like Jesus would never send a message back. He didn't send a message back that day. He left them on red. You know how it is with our cell phones or at least our iPhone that you can have that thing where somebody you send a text message. You know it is. And you can see when they read it. How many people have iPhones? Does Android have that feature? I'm, I'm, don't judge me. Don't you come at me. 
But Jesus left them on red. It's like they, you see that I sent the word to you, but you never responded. And, and it's tough when you send a message to somebody and you see that they read it and they don't respond. I've had to go, that'll ruin some friendships. I've had to go to some of my friends and say, hey, you know that little feature right there where you, 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 need, you need to turn that off for me because I see you're reading my message and you ain't even getting back with me. Because Jesus left them on red and he did not respond. If you've ever been left on red, there's, there's, always, there's always a test in our life when it comes to delays. How do we respond to the delays in our life? You have to understand this is love is tested in delays when Jesus is quiet. When Jesus is quiet, that's when our love is tested in delays is when Jesus is quiet. You know why we have problems with delays is because we feel like we deserve better and, and we pull the righteousness card. I don't know if you do, but I will pull the righteous. I've been faithful. God, I've been serving you my whole life. God, I said yes. When others said no, I showed up and set up chairs when everybody left. I get here early on Sundays and we start going down the righteousness list and we start writing down the things of God. Surely I should not deserve this. But the Bible says that our righteousness is of filthy rags. And so we find this thing where I have all these strings attached to it. And it says that sometimes Jesus will sometimes just leave us on red and, and you are not saved enough to stop it. And you're not holy enough to stop it. But, but Jesus is what Jesus is doing in the silence can be what catapults us to the next season of our life. We've got to learn to be okay with the silence of Jesus sometimes. Because what God is doing in the silence of our life, Jesus, I love you. Crickets. Jesus, I praise you. Crickets. Jesus, are you there? Has anybody had cricket seasons with the Lord? Can I get some honest people today? I know you feel like God talks to you every morning and there's prophecy dropped in your spirit every morning. Well, come and talk to me and lay hands on me after church. But for me, sometimes I'll go through seasons of delays where it's like, God, are you even hearing what I'm saying? Jesus on the main line. He ain't on the main line. He, he ain't responding. It's a great song. It's a good camp meeting song. We can tell him what he wants, But sometimes I'm like, if I lost my signal with Jesus, because I'm telling him what he want, but he ain't responding back to me. Because you have to learn how to keep praising God in the quiet seasons. You got to keep lifting God that we don't respond to God. We don't praise him because we want him to respond to us. We don't talk to him just because we always need an answer. He wants the relationship. Are you going to keep pursuing him in the quiet seasons when he's not speaking? Are you still talking? And then it says, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Love is also tested in delays to see who will get the glory. Jesus will wait until all hope is gone. Why? Because all the hopes, all of these miracles ain't even about you. We're breaking ground today. God is good. But this, this beautiful day ain't about me. It's not about us. 
It's about the glory of God. It's all about the glory of God. And if we had to go through some delays for him to get all the glory, so be it. If it would have happened in 18 months ago, there's a good chance that maybe I would have tried to take a little glory. Because we're human. Because we think we got the skills to be able to make something happen. I've realized real quick, I ain't got no skills to make nothing happen. Because when God is going to pre-plan some delays, when God is going to stand in the middle of the road, says, Kelly, go ahead and pull over here for a moment. I've had to learn, God, I've just got to give you the glory and the praise in advance. Because sometimes I just need to know that God is going to be in control of this. So he will get the glory. It's all about the glory of God. And so in your life, if you feel like you're in a season of waiting and you're trying to figure it out, maybe it's because you still have your hands firmly planted on the steering wheel of your life. And God is saying, why don't you just get in the passenger seat for a while and let me drive this thing for you? Because where I'm taking you, we're going to get through all all of these delays because you are still trying to achieve the glory for it. But how many knows he's worthy of the glory? I had a friend of mine that posted this on Facebook going through some things with his father. He said this, faith is not built on when things are good. The core of faith is gained through the hardest season. You have to believe. And it just spoke to me. He says, God is teaching my want to fix everything mind to rest in his finished work. And I thought, Brent, that's so good. I'm going to share that on Sunday because we have to understand the faith of believing has got to happen when we hit the delays of our life. When God has us on the side road and it feels like that what I was trying to get there quicker, God will sometimes stop us to make sure that our faith reengages into the process. Because this church that we're going to build is going to be by faith. It's not going to be by my hands. It's not going to be by anybody's hands. It's going to be because of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Can I get somebody that can just agree with that right there? How do you give God glory in the delays? You do this. I don't understand you, God, but I trust you. I trust you, God. It doesn't feel fair to me, but you're still my father. God, I'm frustrated with you, but I still love you. Those are glory statements that I still talking to you. You may be a little quiet, but I'm here to give you glory, even though I don't understand how it's all going to work out. I got my quote too. My quote is this. You can't give God glory until you learn to get yourself through the gory. I know that's a little dark. I know it's a little Halloween-ish. But until we learn, until I learn how to pull myself through the gory seasons, through the brutal seasons, through the scary seasons, through the fearful seasons, through the shocking seasons, the dreadful seasons, through the the disappointing seasons, until I learn how to pull myself through the gory seasons, it's on the other side of that that you can stand on two feet two feet, and lift up both hands and say, God, I give you the glory. Because through those delays, there was something building inside of me. Through those delays that God was making me and helping me and strengthening me. Because you've got to learn how to get through the gory stage. It's like this, Holly, if you just come up here. Holly's my destination. I got her now, but you know what I'm saying. She's my destination. So I know this is what God's got for me. And when I try to step toward it, it seems like it's difficult. But God, this is what you promised me. And sometimes God will take you away from it for a season. And will have you going the opposite way 
and you look back and it looks like you're getting further away from what he's promised you. And he will pull you away and he'll pull you and you'll be finding out to where you're behind, behind curtains where you can't even see your destiny anymore. You're just like, God, what are you doing? I know the promise you have for me, God. You promised that we would build a church, but God, why is it taking so long? Why can't we get everything in place? It's because sometimes in our life, we've got to stay covered. We got to make sure we're behind the curtain of our life and say, God, I will push through the gory seasons. I will push through the fearful seasons, God. If I I've got to go through this. I will go through this alone. No one will see me crying. I will still show up. But God, I understand that when I get home, I will pull the carpet fibers out of my fingernails where I'm grabbing the hold of the carpet. God, and I'm crying out to you. Say, God, help me. Strengthen me. God, I don't know the answers, but help me. And when you learn how to get through the gory seasons, then you can start seeing and seeing the peak and see what God is promising you. And then all of a sudden, the steps become a lot more clearer for you. There's nobody shouting right now because I understand what it's like where it feels like, you know, you don't want to be in the dark places of your life, but God does his best work in the caves of your life. In the best. And you can't get discouraged, ma'am, sir. I know you want that significant someone. Don't just settle for that. You may have to go into the cave of your life and get through those gory seasons so God can get the glory, what he's going to do in you. Thank you, babe. You got to get through it. You got to push through it. So we got to, there's times that I would wake up, take a deep breath, and I would go, we still haven't broken ground. And it would just almost like, and I had to get up. I had to go pray, read some scriptures of God. I'm doing everything that I know what to do. I'm trying, Father. I'm doing everything. And I've learned in my delays, in this delay, that there's just some things I've got to mature in the gory season of my life. And then it says in verse 11, after saying these things, he said to them, the disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciple says, Lord, if, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. They think he needs rest. He's sick. And the Lord, he's fallen asleep with the cover. He says, now Jesus had spoken of his death. But they thought he meant he was taking a rest to sleep. And then Jesus told them plain, plainly. Jesus just made it plain. Just like, he's dead. He's gone. He's out. And for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there. So that you may believe. It's all about faith and believing but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin and he said to his fellow disciples, Thomas says this, let us also go that we may die with him. Here's a test. Love is tested in delays when dealing with doubters. And let me just, just skip to the point. Doubters are often inside of us. We have some Thomases living in us. And you've been in a season of your life where you're trying to say, why is this not happening? Why can't I get this business launched? Why can't I get the funding for this? Why can't I get my own house? I see people building their house, holding the big key like this. And I'm trying to battle envy because I, why can't I hold the big key at the mortgage company? Why can't I do this? And you find yourself and you've got to realize that the doubter is possibly living inside of you. And you've got to silence the doubters in your life. You can't allow the doubters to begin to speak to you that if God said it was going to happen for you, you've got to keep believing that it's going to happen for you. 
You've got to be able to rise up and go. You've got to hush the Thomases inside of you and say, you can't have my destiny. You can't steal my joy because I know what God is speaking to me. Because even though I know God loves me, I'm not going to try to be frustrated with the delays. I'm going to pull the two together and realize that there's something God is doing in me. Then now Jesus came and he found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. And Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary and to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, those two words are probably the, the most powerful words of this entire chapter. Even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. Here's the test. Love is tested in delays if faith rests on even now. Even now. That even when you're faced with all these things, when you're sidetracked and you've been punished because you got out of bounds and you were going down roads that you weren't supposed to go down, that you've got to still get back in the car with your 10 and two on the steering wheel, look past the police officers, go on the speed limit and go, you know what, even now God's got me. It may have been a setback, it may have been a delay, but even now God's got me. I don't know how it's gonna look for me, but even now I know you can still work a miracle for me. I know that my, my son and my daughter's addicted and they've been addicted for a lot of years, but even now today can be a day of a miracle for their breakthrough. I know my husband is unsaved and he's an alcoholic, but even now, God, you can speak the word and bring deliverance to their life. You've got to make sure your faith is resting on the even nows of your life, that even now he can make it happen. He can still do it for you. He can still heal your body even now. He can still send that special someone in your life even now. At, at, at your age, you, you can still dream again even now. It, 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 even now, God is still working, even what it feels like a delay. And when she said this, and when she said this, she, she went and she called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. And now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews were, were with her in the house, consoling her and said, Mary, rise quickly, go out. And they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. And now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, say, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And here's the thing. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews had come also weeping, he was deeply moved. And he said, where have you laid him? And she said, Lord, come see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? There's the love again. See how he loved him? He's crying. He's loved him the whole time. See how he loved him? Could not he have who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying? Because it's so common for us to give up that it, we feel like our human side of us goes, there's always an expiration date. But in the kingdom, there's never an expiration date. 
It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if it's stage four cancer. It doesn't matter if you're bankrupt. It doesn't matter. It's never, there's not expiration dates in the kingdom. And they still were doubting. And then Jesus wept. I love this moment because it's fully man, fully God, fully grieving. He's not wiping the tears from her eyes, but he's wiping the tears from his own eyes. Isn't it good to have a savior that cries with us? That even when we're trying to figure out why we're dealing with these delays, that he's with us. And at that moment, he was healing her before he ever healed Lazarus. And so maybe you're in the season where you're about to see the tomb open up. And the thing that has been your delay is gonna begin to walk out of that tomb. But maybe you're just in that crying season where he's healing you. Maybe he's healing you before he resurrects that. I don't know. I don't know if that's you, but, but maybe you're just in that season to where there's just that little bit of trauma that's, that's just about healed up. And then it opens up for you. It, it opens up for you. There were all of a sudden, because maybe the tears that you're crying, Jesus is just right beside you crying with you. And he goes, I'm going to cry. I'm going to be here with you to make sure you're healed up so you can step into the purpose and the destiny that I have for you. Because what good is a miracle for you if you need a miracle in you? What good is that significant somebody that God has promised you if you're broken? It's just going to be problems. But maybe if God could just heal you, then you'll be ready for the tomb to open up and that delay to walk out. Maybe. And when Jesus deeply moved again, he came to the tomb. It was a cave, a stone against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the, of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by now there'll be an older, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes. and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around here that they may believe that you've sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died had come out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips, his faith wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Let me just close with a profound statement. Here it is. Get ready to write it down. Delays always feel like delays. <laughs> Even my encouraging word this morning is not going to make your delays not feel like delays. But when you start identifying the love of God, because oftentimes the delays of our life are so difficult because we really forget that God is loving us and guiding us through it. Yeah. 
I tell you about my, my delay. I, I, I've told this story, Miss Irene, Miss Irene, just wave your hand. Miss Irene's been a voice in our church and in my life, all of my ministry life here, 30 years. We were talking on the phone yesterday and I would uh, pass her on Holcomb Road. I would pick her up for the early service and I was not even married yet. I was 21, I think. Now I'm not 21. Still drive like I'm 21 though, yeah. <laughs> and she would speak things into my life in that car ride from Day Street to Holcomb Road. I see you preaching. I was like, I don't see me preaching. And seven years ago, stood on this stage at the end of a worship set, pray for your neighbor. And, and I remember this, so standing right here, she's at the altar, she just reaches out and touches my, my, my shoe. And of course, you know, I'm, I leave it there, she's praying, we're praying for one another. And at the end of it, she, she gives me this note. There's the date. You're going to walk on new land. Well, we didn't have new land in 2017. I sure wasn't planning on walking on any land but this land. But God began to put in motion his promise over my life. Seven years felt like a delay. But I stand here as a testimony. I'm just, I'm just your, I'm just your brother in Christ. I'm just your past. I'm just your friend. But I'm standing here to tell my story to encourage you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Seven years, the seven is completion. And let me say this, I wouldn't trade anything for those seven years. I wouldn't trade anything. I wouldn't. So, so not only the beauty of this is I'm not walking on new land. We're walking on new land. We're walking on new land. And we're going to drive over to that new land and we're going to stick a shovel in that new land. And we're going to thank God that even in the delays, God is still working. That even in the delays that we can still lift up our hands and say, even now, I know you can make it happen. Even now, that even in the delays of the silence, we've still given God the glory and the praise. When is it going to happen? When are we going to close them alone? When are we going to all of these things that I've kept you all up to date for and date with it? All of those things, you know what? It's still, we can still testify that God has been faithful through the delays. So don't be afraid if you feel like that somebody's pointing at you and going. You may feel like punishment for a while. You may have to pay the fine. I'm planning on paying it. Y'all don't judge me. But I'm just here to tell you, it will not stop the destination of your life when God is leading you. It, 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 it doesn't matter. So just rest in his word today. To say he's never late concerning your life. 
Stand to your feet. Father, I thank you today. Father, I, I don't know. I don't know if that made any sense to anybody today, but Father, I, I, I feel like there's people here that just, I know of using the, the, the land and using stories. And, but Father, we're just going to just take this from the stage for a moment and just put it into the seats of every person here watching online that maybe feel like that they're just frustrated with some delays. And they've tried to separate your love from the delays. And God, they were living in guilt thinking they've done something. I break that down and I call the devil a liar right now. It is the enemy that's whispering in your, in your ear to leave condemnation on you, to try to make you feel like that you've done something that's caused this. Let me just tell you, there's no condemnation for those that are in Jesus. And so it is not Jesus. It is the enemy. And I just want to encourage your faith. And I want you to reach from the right of the delays of your life and from the left of the love of God. And I want you to pull them together and to realize that possibly the greatest love that he's bringing to your life is possibly that delay. Maybe it's to get you healed up. Maybe it's to get you ready. Because I promise you that God is never going to put more on you than you can bear. So, Father, I pray for every person here today that is dealing with some delays. I thank you for strength for them. I thank you that you're helping them. God, you're, 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 you're giving them the ability just to, just to breathe, to take the pressure off. God, I thank you that you're still, you're still ordering steps today. Your word says that the steps of the righteous are ordered. But sometimes God steps, you take a step and you're there for a moment. Sometimes steps isn't a stroll, it's a step and stay. Then it's another step and stay. Then it's a step and a step and then a stay. So God, let us be able to figure out the steps and the staying seasons of our life and not grow weary in them. Help us, Father. I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of your people today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. If you are thankful for the word, can you just... Yeah. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I want you to know that as we get ready to, um, to, to move to the other part of the service and begin to make our way to the new land and all of that, don't, don't, don't allow the, the, the rush of that to stop you from really looking in your heart. And if you need a Savior today, we want you to know that there's a Savior that we want to introduce you to. And I want you to come up. We'll have our ministers here across the front. And then they are going to take you over to that table. We're going to get information from you. And just so you know that we're here for you and we want to connect with you because, because God is, is the one that can help you through the delays of your life. He's the one that can save you and set you free. And you don't have to live your life with confusion and frustration. You don't have to live with your life with sin. But you can be free today. That's the Jesus we're talking about today. He can speak to the, your Lazarus and call you out of the grave because he's faithful like that. So Father, I thank you for those that are searching for a Savior. Today's their day to find you. And we thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you.